Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and I'm excited to talk to my friend Jared Krause over from Buying Online Businesses. We're going to talk about a specific case study with a membership site, and we're also going to talk about some of the overall trends with buying businesses online. So, Jared, how are you doing today? Good, Doug. How are you? Awesome. It is... uh, afternoon time it is beer 30 where i'm at and of course it's it's the morning for you yep morning for me um but yeah yeah it's um i'm ready to go and thanks so much for having me on of course of course and for the people that don't know you can you just give a quick intro of who you are and what you do yeah i'm jared i'm from australia i uh teach people to buy online businesses um rather than starting them from scratch it's a it's a different method um not too many people have heard about it but it's quite fun awesome and we've done an interview before so people can check that one out for more of your background and hear some of your you know stories but today we're going to talk specifically about, um, I guess, a student of yours who purchased the site and you helped him grow it. So we're going to really just jump right in. Can you lay the foundation for this specific case study? Yeah, yeah, cool. Awesome. I'm excited to talk about this because I only uh, really got the results, uh, heard the results on our last coaching call. So, uh, this is the guy who bought a business um, from, it's a membership business. It's, uh, I, I'm not sure if he's, I can't really share the URL or, or the niche, but it's, it's kind of in, in publishing. And uh, he, it's a membership where people will pay per month to get access to how to be a better publisher, I should say. And uh, he bought it from a guy who works, you know, um, by getting a lot of affiliates to, to make affiliate sales for his um, membership. And he came on board and was like, Jared, I want, you know, I want you to help me grow the business. It's kind of, you know, not doing as well as what it was when I first purchased it. Uh, and then we, you know, he joined my mastermind and that's when we sort of like break down and, and see, what he, see what each other's goals are um, with the business and then work out how do we get towards that. Got it. And can you share how much the site was purchased for and some of the details about it? I don't know if that's yep. confidential information, but it'll be a great uh, way to go just deep into exactly what the numbers are. I think he bought the business for around like 200 and some, 200 something thousand. And the business was making about six, I think it was either 6,000 or 5,000 net profit per month. All right. So a couple hundred thousand bucks. And do you know where he found this site? I don't, I can't remember where he purchased this site from. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be making it up to be honest. I I can't remember where. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. There's that many deals. Sorry. I've got that many deals that go through my brain on a regular basis. <laughs> That's all right. It, well, it, if I had to guess, I would assume it was probably one of the the big brokers or one of the big marketplaces yeah. that they they do most of the deals generally. So that's my assumption. Now, it's a membership site and I'm I'm curious if your student was looking for a membership site or this just happened to be something that he thought was a good opportunity. He was looking for a membership site because he wanted a recurring income and he was prepared to pay a higher multiple for that type of business model. Um, it's, it is pretty attractive, you know, to buy a business that has returning customers and they're paying on a monthly basis. It's, um, it's quite a cool, it's, it's quite a cool business model to purchase. It's, it's less risky, I would say, than some of the other business models. Okay. I think uh, the fact that you can rely on it, it feels like it's a little bit less risky. I don't know anything about a membership type site. I've kind of stayed away from that myself, but I would suspect it has its own inherent risk, which we we may get into uh, momentarily here. But he he purchased the site. And if I have this right, he, 
he bought it, but it was before he discovered you or joined your membership. Yeah, he bought it. And then what happened was he just sort of had it on autopilot and was learning from the the new owner um, for a short period of time. And then business, from memory, the business was running as per usual, it was making the same monthly income on average. And then I think it's, you know, he really wanted to grow it. But when he sort of joined the mastermind, it's sort of like we did lose a little bit of income because the backlog of not focusing on the right things had sort of cut, sort of started to compound. So the business, you know, the, the, the net profit started to trend down a little bit. But that was okay because we knew what to do. Okay. And just a outside observation, I it, it sounds like the the impact of the the neglect, it took a little while for it to actually show up on the bottom line. So he was cruising for a little while, everything was consistent, but it, it's the results are lagging behind by a few months. So by the time he he found you and and started strategizing the the growth, it was declining from the couple months before right is that yeah that's right it's it's pretty hard as a business owner especially if you just bought a business and you have bought that business model before or you know you're completely new to it um even when you have been in business for a long time at certain points we find it hard to know what to actually sometimes we find it hard to know what to actually focus on and why we should focus on those certain things to to grow the business and you know with our online space there's a million different strategies we can use to grow the business uh, and and that's scary and that can be overwhelming and uh, i i don't like to you know seek growth strategies from the external i like to look at the growth strategies that are going to work from the internal so i like to work from the inside out okay now before we get into the step-by-step tactics and the, the tweaks that you made what results came out of it so can you give us number of uh new members or growth or revenue or w- whatever you can do to quantify this so we understand what you were able to do yeah so we lost a few members uh and it went down by uh, wasn't a hundred members it was less than a hundred members um it went down by like maybe 50 60 and oh, maybe it was over 100 members from memory, sorry. And what happened was you wanted the result, right? Like mm-hmm. we, so we got it back. We got back another 100 members um, and we did it by not adding any more work to his plate. In fact, what we did is he – what I like to do is I like to teach people to earn more money but work less. And so – it comes about having to, th- I guess, what you don't want to get into the into the strategies and the tactics right now, but that's the result is he earned, um, he got an extra thousand, or sorry, extra hundred members, which is a, roughly an extra thousand dollars in net, net profit per month. Okay. And the, 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 price, the price point for the membership is, is quite small. Got it. It's like it's around, it's around the $10 per month range. Okay. So. Basically, he he was able to reclaim the members that he lost. Yes, correct. Okay. So, is the net revenue generally back where it was in the five to six k range? Yes, it is. And the cool thing is, it's 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 back in that range, and it's gonna it's gonna go past it. But that's not what's exciting to me. What's exciting to me is we've built a a system, a machine that works without his input and it's going to get results to help scale the business. And that's that's far more valuable than the amount of members or income he can actually be earning. It's, it's really building the system and being able to have a system that works without you having to put more hours in or input in to make sure it pro- provides that sort of result. And that's the real asset in business, I believe. Okay. And... We're going to get into 
uh, some of the systems. And I'm actually going to press you on because uh, I got to tell you, Jared, you sound crazy. You say, hey, we're going to earn more money and we're going to do less work. And I'm, <laughs> I'm calling BS on it par- partially here, but I cool. we're, we're going to back into it. But yeah, I, I realize uh, listeners and viewers out there are probably thinking, oh, is this guy full of it? So we're, we're going to back into it and I'm going to I'm going to be tough on you like I am uh, with my awesome. guests in a, in a, you know, spirited yet cheerful way so we can get to the bottom of it. Okay. So right. you, the other thing I want to highlight here, which I kind of glazed over and I also said, hey, you guys just added back the members that you lost. So th- the thing is you just talked to them in the last uh, week or two. So you're on yeah. a growth trajectory and that's the idea. It's going to be growing in the future. So, you know, one week out or, or whatever, you're back to where he was or he's back to where he was. So let's talk about the system that you implemented and some of the tweaks that you made to uh, reclaim some of these lost members. Yeah, cool. So first off, when somebody comes to me, we need to identify what is working in the business and what's not working in the business. What we, what we wanted to do at the start, and which is why he sort of lost some members, he was focusing more on the content, more on the deliverability of the, you know, the deliverables of the business and making sure that if it, if we provide great content and we provide, um, awesome assets to the members, what that's going to do is it's going to reduce churn. And what churn is, is like, the amount of people that actually move away or cancel their membership per month or, you know, however long of the period that you track it. And that's what we want to do is we kind of wanted to focus on how do we reduce churn, which is why we sort of lost some, some members. But also when you do reduce churn, it allow, and you provide, you know, better, not just better results, but better quality content and, and better assets for the actual members, like if you have a better service and a better product, people are going to hang around and use it for longer, right? It's like Netflix. If they were to put out crappy, uh, you know, content, people wouldn't really stay on Netflix very long, right? So they put out, they, they work on producing the most amazing content, staying top of mind and top of the game in great TV shows and, and movies and stuff like that. So that's what we did with his membership and his type of content. So we lost a little bit of members. Uh, that was okay for the short term because we knew what we were going to do for the long term because what we wanted to do, like I said before, is we need to first get feedback in our business. We need to get feedback on what's working what's, and what's not working. So we realized like he could go away and create articles and you know different forms of media and try and get cold traffic generation to turn them into customers. But there wasn't a system for that and there was no proof that that was actually going to work. And so – what we just needed to do is work out what, you know, where did all of these members come from? Where do all of our customers come from and why? And so the previous owner of the business got most of his sales from affiliates. And from doing so, that's was that was how, you know, he built the business up alongside him having a personality and a bit of a brand um, and a bit of exposure in that sort of niche that he was already in. Now, with my client, he couldn't replicate that brand, right? He couldn't, he could, but it would take him a lot longer to build that digital footprint and get that exposure for his own personal name. So, we needed to focus on what is working and what can work that is without you know, without you having to put too much more work in yourself and is not going to take too long to build. Now, for him, he's got a baby and he could work like 10 hours per week. He can work more hours now because he's um, he's putting his kid in daycare, which is great. But we identify that all of these affiliates were what were, you know, that's how the majority of his um, sales were coming from affiliates. So what we decided to do is to focus on a system that we were, we could get more affiliates to come in. So we built an SOP. Uh, we worked out, you know, a few different emails that we could send out to pitch to affiliates once we found, found them. So we got an Excel sheet. We researched. It's basically outreach to find affiliates, pitch them, and then nurse relationships with them. And the deeper and better your relationships are with those with those um, potential affiliates, usually. Um, the the better that 
relationship or that of that affiliate is actually going to work uh so that's what we identified but he didn't really have the time to do so so what we did do you want me to keep going or do you want me to do you want to decompartmentalize all right so what we basically did is we went and said all right let's find somebody that can do some of the customer support that he didn't want to do in his business right uh you know, posting posting his group, some of the content, but also somebody that we can teach to run through our SOP that we've created. Teach to go away and find these different affiliates that are in this particular niche, put them on the spreadsheet, start um, pitching to them and following up and then start building relationships with them. And the more they ask questions, the better because the more feedback we're going to get, which means we can provide them with more information and, and assets that they can actually use to run affiliate promotions and affiliate offers. So we got to a certain point that he was, um, you know, getting 10 new affiliates on board every single week. Uh, and then over time and so we sorry i I skip we hired this we hired this lady um i I think it was like virtual latonals or something like that um they they have virtual assistants they train up and then they they hire them out and find them find them work uh so we we're using her and he's a she's a good part of his team now and so she does the affiliate outreach, brings and onboards the new affiliates and nurses them and builds the relationships with them. And through doing so, that's what was able to get him that 100 extra sales through affiliates without him actually having to do the work. So hence doing less work but making more money. But you can you see the real value is in like if we come all the way further back, the real value is being able to identify in the business the one thing that we should focus on instead of like the hundreds of other things of like he could go out and do a podcast or he could write articles or he could do social media marketing and stuff like that. He doesn't even really have social media set up, um, doesn't even have a website. He's like a – we're going to work on that now that we've got this system, but he's got like a funnel that people can come to and become a member and then affiliates and that's – most people with an online business wouldn't really think of that sort of method. They would go, oh, I've learned that if I create articles that I'm going to get traffic to my site and I'm going to be able to make money from that. So why don't I just go away and do that? But no, hang on a second. This business, if we look at the feedback that this business is actually telling us, what's actually working, what's not working, let's focus more on what's working and build that and make that system far more superior. Got it. Okay. I like it. And I think that is, um, it's one of the hard parts, right? You spelled it out very well. If you maybe studied uh, some other bloggers or podcasters or YouTubers, you'll hear them talking about case studies and certain things that worked for people. And like you said, maybe he thinks, oh, I need to hop on Pinterest because I saw this one business model worked really well with Pinterest. But it turns out, you could look at the data, there's existing customers, you could see where the members came from and then you can go and replicate it. Now, I mean, maybe you figure out something that uh, doesn't work when you try it the second time, right? Markets change and all that. So that's mm-hmm. totally possible, but it's certainly a good place to look at the start. So is there sort of a, or or do you have an idea the limit or the number of potential affiliates out there? It sounds like, you know, adding 10 more affiliates um, per week, that that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And some, some affiliates don't actually uh, get good results from their affiliate promotions. They may not have the audience or they do have an audience, but they're not as interested in that. Um, It's, I'm not, really focused on how many affiliates he's getting in terms of numbers but you've heard you know everybody talks about quality over quantity and that's what we really want and i'm really working with him through my background of of um you know sales and you know having a sales team and stuff like that it's not the amount of leads that we have it's really the relation like the quality of the leads and the relationship we build with those leads and that's what i'm working on with him is like how can we get your uh your va your worker your employee to be able to 
build great relationships and build emotional connections with these affiliates uh, because that's what's going to allow them to become more emotional about the business to see that it's a good business and provide great, you know, they can then articulate that to their their audience and, and allow their audience to get results from actually joining the membership, not just them making sales, which is the most important thing really. Got it. So were, were there any issues that came up along the way, uh, either maybe hiring the VA, developing the standard operating procedures or, or anything that just didn't quite go as planned initially? Yeah, there's, there's always things. The hardest thing was that he didn't really have that much time uh, in this period. So it took a little while to be able to get the get the VA, get the employee. Um, he had to interview a bunch of them as well. Um, you know, he did actually strike a pretty lucky hiring this employee, which is which is quite good. You know, usually when we're hiring, um, it's we'll have to put a bunch of people through a probation period. We might come up with one, and then after after that sort of probation period is finished, and that worker is not as motivated anymore, we're like. Have we made a bad hire? It's happened to me many times. I'm sure it's probably happened to you, Doug. Like we, we need to, we need to go back to the drawing board, and that may happen. You know that that may happen with him as well. Um, but the the main thing is like ironing out the kinks with the with the SOP, right? Like the procedure, because then you know you can hire somebody that can be less talented but still get a result because the, the SOP is really, really good. Now, I wouldn't suggest that. If you've got a good SOP and a really good employee, it's it's going to be a better winning combination. But in terms of like did anything pop up along the way, it was more about his time. How do we work out like he was spending a lot of time on creating this, this one thing, this asset he provides to his members every month and he was – he, we wanted to, I wanted, I didn't want him to do it, right? I didn't want him to create that because that was something that a, a, a VA could create that piece of content. Um, and they've got backlogs of like what that, the old ones looks like and how you can make them better. We could have created an SOP around that. The, the, the hard thing was going, hey man, let's, let's get a bit of time and focus on building out this, this growth SOP and, and hiring somebody to run it for us. Uh, that was the hardest. That was the hardest thing is like time management because he had ten hours a week, which is ridiculous. Um, you know, it, yeah. yeah. But it, it it is it is what it is. Like it's you know it it took us months. It took us months to get to that stage. It's not like all right, we created an SOP one week and then we went and hired somebody and then and it got done. Like it's it's an ongoing process. What's coming up next for this site? Is there other growth? Uh, strategies or yeah where, where do you see it going say in the next 12 months or so yeah what i want to do is i want to help him to understand that he needs to build a brand and the bigger his brand is the easier it is going to be to get affiliates and for them to be able to see value in in his business. So um, we're going to get him a site designed and then we're going to get some content creation and then go away and work on the getting some cold traffic in and then doing some small remarketing ads. And those, you know, he won't have to pay affiliate commissions for the new people, but what money he would make or may have to spend on affiliate commissions, he'll just put into remarketing ads and content creation. Now, I think it's important for people to understand like what came first. <laughs> like I said before, what came first was what was already working. This this new strategy, we don't have any data. We don't have any feedback. It's a to a certain extent, it is a stab in the dark. I've seen it work with multiple businesses, one of my businesses included, so I'm, I'm confident it's going to work to a certain extent. But how long will it take till we get it to be a proven system that we have a result that we're confident in that we know we can get? We don't know how long that could take. So it is uh, which one comes first is, is, is more important. <laughs> right. And w without knowing any of the specifics, I would say – even if that specifically didn't work, you will still have more information that you, you did before. So you may be able to pivot into something that mm. works much better. 
it could totally flop and you get data that just says, hey, that didn't work. But my hunch and probably yours too, Jared, is you're going to have more information and maybe a little tweak is going to get you in the right direction anyway. So, Yeah, maybe the content we start creating is is not resonating with people and not converting people to leads or maybe we can't build the email list with the opt-in that we we create because that's what our goal is, is to get them onto our email list and then do some email marketing um, to get them to become a member. And if it doesn't work, like that's okay because we've we've got this one thing that does work and that's like the primary. So this other thing, we see it as an experiment. It's not like we need to go all in on this. If we were to take the resources off the main thing in, in affiliate outreach and, and building relationship with affiliates, for example, if we were to take that that employee away from that and say, hey, can you build the site? Can you create the content? We're going to kill the golden goose. Mm. And we can't, we just can't do that. We need to make sure that stays in place. Got it. Here's a word from our sponsor, Otis Global, that's O-D-Y-S, and they say, kickstart your online business with a premium age domain from Otis. Invest in sites that grow in value with built-in SEO to help you get seen. And that just means they have some aged sites, aged domains with some strong backlinks and strong branding. So today, the featured domain is called your Monaco, your Monaco. So this was an informational site about things related to the country of Monaco and the surrounding areas. So it covered everything from news on the Royal family to the hotels, shopping centers and other things like that. So it was targeted at residents and people on vacation going to Monaco. It was created back in 2005. So it's 16 years old. The domain rating as reported by Hrefs, currently right now is 14. It was as high as 39. The domain authority from Moz is 30. And of course, it's very brandable. Um, you have a keyword, Monaco, right there in the domain name, which is always helpful. So I think from you know my perspective, you could have an informational site. You, you can continue with the informational site and have uh, ads, right? So you can earn money from ads. And then I think there's a huge opportunity for affiliate deals and you could partner with local vendors, maybe restaurants, hotels, tour guides, other people that help you you know, take a vacation. So I think that would be pretty valuable. The thing is, well, hopefully the world will continue to open up and more and more people are going on vacation. So I think the big opportunity here is probably if you're able to, or like if you have a travel site or you want to have a travel site in this space, that would be perfect. Uh, obviously, when I say in this space, I mean Monaco specifically. So I'm going to take a quick look at Hrefs to dig a little bit deeper. And there are something like 7,400 backlinks from 532 different domains. There are 252 do follow referring domains and five educational, that's EDU uh, backlinks, or at least it's noted as educational, but you know, I take that back. Uh, There's no specific EDUs, but There's some good links. Let me tell you some of the big referring domains. We have bbc.co.uk. We got Globo, World Atlas, Orange.com. Some other sites I haven't heard of. It looks like there's some international sites linking to it, which makes sense since it's a travel um, related kind of site. And there's a lot of, you know, very short domain names that are linking to it. Many of these links are gosh, there's a DR, there's a few in the DR 90s, a few in the DR 80s, 70s. So there's some pretty powerful links. And honestly, it brings me to, um, you know, one of the questions that I have is how the domain rating is actually determined, especially over time. It must have something to do with how long ago the links or maybe the 
the recency of any new links or something like that because it still has some ridiculous links. And when you compare the DA, the domain authority for Moz to the domain rating, there's a pretty big discrepancy. So anyway, this is worth checking out. And if you're interested in this specific domain, it's available at the time that I'm uh, recording this, which is late, very late July, 2021. But the thing is, um, Otis has tons of different domains. And in fact, you can get $100 into your account if you join using my affiliate link, I'd get a commission if you eventually purchase anything ever, which I would really appreciate, but they have this great filtering system. And basically there are thousands of, or at least over a thousand domains available um, in various niches. You could filter based on the, the niche, the industry in general, the language, the amount of traffic, the SEO value, including uh, the domain age, the domain rating, and the number of referring domains. So there's a lot of different ways you could filter if you're interested in something specific. Thanks a lot to Otis. It, It helps out a lot that they sponsor the show. Before we move on to the industry trends and some of the observations that you have, is, is there anything else on this case study you want to add? Maybe I didn't ask you something that's important. Um, I think we covered it pretty good. I think it's just like I just keep saying it again and again and again. It's like you already know what you should be focusing on in your business. And if you can't see it, get some help from somebody to help you see it. Like track once you track things then you start that's where you start to see trends it's all about identifying trends like which is what we're going to talk about soon Mm -hmm. is like yeah once you can identify those trends and it's lean into the ones that are you know working and usually you'll have to do less work like even if you're just a one-person band and you go all right 80 percent of this stuff that i am doing isn't really getting the result of this other thing that's working what if i just scrap all of that and i spend half of that 80% 80% of my time on more of more of that on the actual task that's going to get a result, you're going to make more money with less work. Like right. it's, it's, it's theoretically, it just makes sense. Yep. And it's less stressful too, just mm. generally, because you're doing fewer things usually when you do that. Yeah. Oh, one focus is amazing. <laughs> gets rid of that stress. Okay. So now moving into the industry trends, can you actually, before we, before you tell us some of the specifics, can you give us an idea, maybe how many businesses you have bought and sold, uh, maybe how, how many you have helped your students, um, execute a transaction just so we have an idea that you actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, I have bought and sold, I'd say less than 10 businesses, but let me actually work it out because that's a really good question. It's not as many as some other people in the industry that have bought like hundreds of businesses and, you know, um, I've bought, I would say I've bought um, my first one, my second one, my third one, fourth, fifth, Um, six businesses I've bought. I've got one business that I, well, I've started three businesses myself. Um, two of which I no longer run. One of which I still run, which is my primary business, which is uh this one like buying online businesses and helping people grow businesses. Um, and how many have? I actually, this is a, such a good question. I honestly don't know how many people have helped to buy. I would say it's probably around 60 people okay. to buy businesses. It's not in the hundreds. It's not in the thousands. Um, I haven't been, I've owned, I'm, I guess you could call me a baby on the internet to a certain extent. Like I, I've started doing this in uh, like 2013, start of early 2013. Okay. So yeah, I'm not, um, I haven't helped people buy thousands of businesses All yet. Right. <laughs> Shit, man, you're uh, selling yourself short here. That's uh, way more than most people. So if someone 
is looking for advice, like you're, you're pretty much an expert in the area. So, and that's what I wanted to get out. And I'm glad I got you to think about how many people you like potentially have helped purchase or mm. sell or, or, or whatever. So, okay. You know what you're talking about because you've done a few of these sort of deals. All right. So what sort of uh, just overall trends are you seeing? And we could dissect them as we go and I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Jared, to just kind of open it up. Yeah. Well, whilst it, it's not like the, the biggest vanity metric on how many businesses have helped people like close on and buy and start to grow, like what the amount of business I've looked at is ridiculous. <laughs> it would be in the thousands uh, because of how much due diligence we do to get through some businesses. And that the cool thing and the reason I say this is because it allows me to start to see the trends, really. Um, the trends that I see is like it, the FBA, FBA businesses, if people haven't heard about this yet, um, is fulfillment by Amazon. So Amazon businesses that people buy physical stock from say China, send it to the States and and sell it from Amazon and Amazon ships it out for them. Those types of businesses are, you know, the the multiples have almost doubled, right? I was speaking to one of the brokers, um, Coran Woodmass from the FBA broker. And yeah, that in in like 12 months, uh, so probably like 12, 14 months ago, the the multiple, so the price of an FBA business has almost doubled on average, which is which is huge. It's it's crazy um, in terms of buying an online business or if you own one of those businesses and want to sell them. Uh, that said, with the content type of businesses, so like a, a most most of your audience know what a content site is, right? Mm-hmm. So those business models have uh, gone up in value as well. They were, you know. Many years ago, you know, you buy them for like one to two years net profit. Now we're looking at three to four, sometimes five years for a really good content site that has multiple revenue streams and multiple traffic streams, which is good for risk diversification. That's the main trend that I see in this space is that like online businesses uh, are selling for more and starting to grow because a lot of people are wanting to get in this space like – how can people – actually, I got an email just the other day from somebody who's like, I realized after COVID and after being forced to work from home and now I'm going back to the office, I dislike it. I need an online business so I can work at home. That's a trend, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, what were the FBA businesses selling for previously from a multiple standpoint? So that's a good question because I don't really look at buying that many FBA businesses myself. Well, I don't look at them buy for buying any of myself. Like that's not my business model I like. Uh, and most people that start my membership, I suggest not to buy an FBA business because of the amount of management and time input. Most people want something that's quite passive. Uh, so I'd be guessing uh, I'd okay. say it'd be a pretty close guess, but it probably would have been around like the 24-month multiple net profit, so two just over two years. And that to be double now is, is, is crazy because especially for the risks, like I don't know how much of a fan that you are of Amazon businesses, Doug, but the risk of I guess own I, – I just don't feel that people have an FBA business really own their business. Because Amazon controls so much of it. Right. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the FBA model. Just just personally, I've had no interest because I was, you know, I I started around the same time as you, Jared, in like 2013, and it was getting Mm. really popular. And I think if you got in on the first couple waves, you probably were able to ride the growth. It wasn't as competitive. And by, you know, 2015, there were, you know, so many courses and people mm-hmm. developing tools to sell and just the whole ecosystem. And mm-hmm. it's a fine business model, uh, not one that I wanted to learn, get involved with. And to your point, the, you know, the Amazon behemoth, the, you know, they will change things and they can kill your margins, whether it's uh, Amazon affiliate, which, you know, that's where that, that was my bread and butter. And now I've shifted more to just other revenue streams and digital products mm. and other affiliate mm. programs. And if you have traffic, you're like, 
you could figure out some way to make money. So you're going to be okay. And, and to that end, like you said, if uh, Amazon ch- changes some things with their FBA program or, you know, it's, it's also just very competitive. So in, in general, yeah. it wasn't something that I was a fan of. And unless you have the capital to invest initially, and then to continue to roll over because it, that's one of the things in a physical product business. You have to keep purchasing more inventory to sell. So if you're a person who doesn't need to take any money off the table and can can reinvest, which I, I yeah. mean, obviously reinvesting is a good idea to some extent, but if it's all tied up in inventory that's sitting in a warehouse, like your hands are tied. You know, you, you can't do that much. So yeah, the, the opportunity. Yeah, sometimes people don't even know that there's such thing as an opportunity cost, or they do know, but they forget about it. You know, of that money is sitting there, and um, th- that is like that's a good point that you mentioned. Like that's one of the hardest things for an e-commerce business, not just an FBA business. One of the hardest things is like they're they're putting a bu- lot of money into ad spend and that it costs them a fair, fair chunk of money to purchase the product, which means what's the hardest thing is to them have enough money to keep reinvesting into the business, which is why there's so many different like um, fintech lenders around that are trying to like give people money to reinvest into their e-commerce businesses because they know those e-commerce businesses are going to provide a result. So not, not that much risk on on them in, in getting their money back. And, but those business owners need it to scale. Right. Exactly. So multiples are going up. People are realizing they want to be at home because they had the unfortunate luxury to work from home for the, you know, last Mm. 18 months or whatever. So any other observations? Yeah. This is one that you, you probably like, and and we can probably talk about it in more length if you'd like, but I definitely, I'm noticing that there's going to be and there's starting to be less cookie cutter affiliate sites, which makes me excited because most people in my membership know to stay away from these and they can identify that there's there's so much risk in these. What I notice in the trend is that these people are creating a a website um, based off you know some others courses out there and how to start a website and they're they're basically putting a bunch of articles up and getting a lot of affiliate commission or amazon art amazon affiliate articles basically is what we could call them uh, and it's in a particular niche but that niche has no like eat at all so it has no authority and it has no trust and people are trying to sell these businesses to beginners and newbies who don't really understand that that's a critical thing that a business needs to sort of stay stable and continue to grow. Um, and I'm like, I'm, and I've talked about this with uh, Ben Adler, Amelia Gardner, and a few other people uh, publicly, and and they they sort of agree, and that you know it's it's good it's good that we're starting to see those types of cookie cutter sites phase out. What do you think? Do you see that as well as a trend that's starting to happen? And that's sort of forced by Google making right. it happen, right? So I think I think they are – this is a good question. So part of it is I think people getting started, if they are buying a cookie cutter site from one of the vendors, which I'm an affiliate for, right? I talk shit about these um, – the specific business model. And I think people should probably, if they're aiming for a content type site, they should probably start it from scratch, learn some things. And then even if it ends up being, you know, the similar kind of reviews that we see out there, they've learned some skills about setting up a site. They've learned some SEO, writing content. There's a handful of like really good things that you get out of it versus, you know, if you, 
spend $1,500 and go to one of the vendors and, and buy a site that is literally a cookie cutter site where they mm-hmm. are using the same theme. They're using the mm-hmm. same templates. They've given you, you know, 10 unique keywords, but they may have, you know, five other sites in the same niche that they're selling. And it's just like 10 mm-hmm. other keywords. Right. So I don't advise people to do that, but again, I'm an affiliate because people want to buy this stupid sites, no matter how much I say, you know, you shouldn't do it. That Ooh. said, um, oh, go ahead, Jerry. Go on. No, you go. That said? So so that said, I think that the trend is to have like bigger sites with more of a footprint, more of a brand. There's still, I mean, I, I see so many sites that still work fine. They have uh, basically no uh, like heart and soul, no expertise, authority, and trust. There's nothing. It's just a site Mm. with a bunch of content. They do well. They have enough backlinks. They have enough, you know, other things and, you know, good enough content to get traffic. So I don't necessarily see that going away. I think people are still going to be able to either trick Google or have something that's just good enough and that Google has not caught up to, you know, not rank them, I guess. Mm, yeah, it, I, I agree with you on the um, you, people are selling cookie cutter sites and, and they're creating content and it's, you know, same format as, as multiple other uh, clients that they're working with. And I, I had a campfire, so a virtual event in my, uh, in my group yesterday and somebody, you know, two people uh, were looking at buying um, – Buying a, a cookie artist site with a bunch of content built on it, and stuff. And the amount of money they they could have paid, or they would pay for that. Um, one of the members in the group has bought three websites, uh, and he stood up and said, "Look, guys, like for that amount of money, we could buy something that has is already making an income stream." And what I say to them, I said after that, I was like, "Exactly." And you would have this thing that most people don't have, which is data and feedback on what to focus on, what not to focus on. When you start something and you've got no idea, you're just putting a whole bunch of stuff together. And you can follow, you know, follow courses and follow things and stuff like that, which is a good idea. If you're going to go down that route and you're going to follow someone that's good, knows what they're doing, then that's great. But yeah, there's so many different ways to skin a cat, right? It's you know, different different courses. That's why this is a different space. I, yeah. I just I just don't like to see my clients buy cookie cutter businesses that people can get a quick result on them, starts making money. They can sell it for a thirty five multiple, even if it's single source on traffic and single source on one affiliate. Get a thirty five, uh, and the site's been around for six to ten months. And they go away and get that high price for a sale of a business and that person that purchases like, wow, there's like a lot of work that needs to be put into this, not to make it grow, but to just make sure it doesn't get wiped off by Google. Mm-hmm. Yep. So where, where do you see the, tr- uh, I guess, the overall multiples going? So they've been going higher and higher basically since we've gotten started in 2013 and it's it's creeping up there's a lot of i mean there's uh private investment equity companies like buying up pretty big sites and and smaller ones and that sort of thing so do you where do you see it topping off at are we sort of in a little bubble right now maybe well over the last sort of i guess since 2021 we've kind of i haven't seen it grow that much or even sort of like at the end of 2020 i haven't really seen multiples go up but if we're and that's the short term and but if we're going to look at macro and long term i can't see the prices uh staying there i can only see them going up and i just like to look at the the overall view if we if we come out um with our helicopter and look at the overall view of where people are at in the world more and more people are like, I don't want to go back to work um, when I can stay home with my kids and I can work out my own schedule at home and don't need to commute and all these sorts of things. People will start to be prepared to pay 
more money. Like, yeah, you've got bigger funds that are coming in buying up businesses and it's giving, you know, they're getting a great return. But still, you know, the the solopreneur, the solo investor, um, such as yourself or myself, is still prepared to pay a decent figure for or a decent multiple for a business to be able to go, well, now I can work from home. And right. I've got unlimited like growth of income. There's no mm-hmm. glass ceiling there. Yeah. Okay. So, so overall the, you, you just see it going up. So no, it, so it won't, it won't stay where it's at. It's only going to go up. <laughs> yeah. And it might not grow, go up as quickly as what has happened with FBA businesses. The reason what happened with FBA businesses is that so much media got put out and what happened with these other funds, these bigger funds is they got what a lot of other people do when they look at social media is they get FOMO. Like, oh my God, all these other people are getting great results with these businesses. Let's go and invest. And that sort of started to, you know, um, spike the prices of them. Yeah. It's like tulips, right? All right. (laughs) So I'm going to give, well, I guess anything, any other trends, any other things, um, even outside of like the specific amounts or maybe types of businesses, are you seeing like more uh, diversity in the types of businesses that are being sold to or anything like that? Yeah. Like, this is this is a, like over a longer term period as well, but I'm starting to see different business models that people are looking to purchase that aren't the traditional ones. Right? I would say that it should, they're traditional now. <laughs> they haven't been like, this hasn't been that long, but um, if we look at internet years uh, or how long has the internet been around for like 30, 40 years or whatever, it's not very long. But I'd say traditional content sites, uh, then you've got e-commerce businesses and membership or SaaS businesses. So I would say they're the three main. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other business, I've got a guy that's buying, looking at buying um, an Instagram account that generates leads um, in a particular niche that his partner's in that would be a very beneficial win for both of them. Um, and it's not like buying, you're not buying a website in itself. You, you are buying an online business, but it's a different type of business model. Then you've got people buying YouTube channels, which is a business model, you know, f- people buying Facebook groups. We've seen, you know, s- some people in our um, industry buy Facebook groups and stuff like that. Uh, those, I think, will start to become a bit more prevalent that those business models are around and they're a viable, viable purchase. Yeah. Cool. And I'll, I'll throw in two ideas. I'm not in the buying and selling uh, sort of area like you, but I know one of, one of my friends, he had a paid newsletter that he sold. So do you know, Richard, you know, Richard? uh, Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought I thought maybe you knew him too. So, so he he had a newsletter, and I can't remember. I think he may have had a podcast that he. I know he did have a podcast, but I think he maybe sold that as well. But I mean, these are other like sort of asset classes, and is someone who has both of those things. I could tell you that the viability to earn money via ads and significant amount, a very significant amount of money. I think if someone was thinking, hey, I really love newsletters and I want to go that route, like you can start one up in a way that you are prepared to sell it in the future if you want to pivot and do something else. Same thing with a podcast. I mean, I thought about starting another show and have having like a network and then like ha- hire a host and maybe sell it in the future because it's a little asset that people want and, mm-hmm. you know, it's something That's I enjoy. Amazing. Yeah, something you enjoy and you can monetize it through through ads, like you said, um, and you may not need to do that much work. Like Richard, super smart guy, done really well with the sale of it as well. Um, I don't know figures and stuff, but I know he, he did well with creating the asset that he created. And he actually ended up hiring people to uh, sort of write the write the newsletter and, and all that sort of stuff and it was still laid out really well. Um, yeah, like I think media businesses and starting like media is so a media business is so valuable and it's going to continue to be so much more valuable i think there's a guy named naval ravikant who is uh like an angel investor and he's huge he's 
he's just got a beautiful philosophy on life uh, and he says one of the best forms of leverage uh, at the moment is uh, having a media, you know, a media outlet um, and content. It, it, like if we're going to talk about leveraging it, you can start one from scratch, like you said, or even buy one and you can put ads on it. And that's a form of leverage. A business is just something that's levered, like it's a form of leverage really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I had no, no idea we'd go down that route. But if, if people haven't heard uh, Naval, by the way, check out his interviews on Joe Rogan and on the Tim Ferriss podcast. Give you a good overview. So I've listened to he's those multiple got times. Somebody, he's got a book as well um, that somebody wrote based off those podcasts and you can get it for free. It's called the Naval Manac. Uh, and it's you can get it, you can buy it actually a hard copy, but you can get it for free as an ebook. And then somebody else has also gone and taken that book and put it into podcast episodes because it's that good. <laughs> oh wow, awesome! Yeah, yeah, very, very smart guy, very interesting. Mm. All right, man. Well, I'm going to give you a minute or two to talk about your your membership and and the things that people may be able to get if they work with you. So I'll, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you pitch it. So go ahead. You're, you're pitch on. It. Okay. <laughs> Open slate. I, I don't even know what to say. I guess it would be good if you had questions. Um, but, uh, I'll just, I'll start off by saying I have a membership that's, we help people buy or find, buy, run, uh, and scale businesses, uh, online businesses. So people can sort of, Achieve that goal of, you know, replacing their income, um, like we talked about before, is be able to work from home or, or sort of anywhere. Um, how do we do that, I guess, would be a good question. Like, you know, I've got a cor- I've got two courses, two pretty solid courses. Um, one's the Buying Online Businesses course, which te- teaches people to find them and do due diligence um, with my guidance and the help of the community. And I do due diligence reviews, so people actually – I teach them how to do due diligence and then I tell them and I like I kind of push them to like, hey, send me more due diligence um, review, like, you know, due diligence that you've done on businesses so I can review review them. And I point out risks that are involved with that, uh, growth and uh, growth opportunities and then what next steps are. And then we can kind of work out like an offer together um, and help guide them through negotiations and then into the migration of the business. And once people have purchased that, <laughs> one of my clients were on the call the other day. He's like, uh, do you have any, like, I asked, what do you guys want from me? What sort of trainings do you want from me? He said, do you have any, like, trainings on, like, how to build backlinks and, you know, grow my my business? I'm like, I have a whole course on it. He didn't know it was there. It's uh, the Growing Online Business course. In fact, you you've, you've feature in one of the lessons. Oh, um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I forget which one it is. We might be talking about the keyword golden ratio. We're definitely talking about content sites. You feature in one of the lessons in that in that um, course. Uh, and yeah, that's that's what I do. Um, you know, and then sometimes people like want a bit more help with growing their business, sort of one-on-one stuff. And that's what we we're talking about earlier. So it like wants to progress into more mentoring, uh, more mentoring approach or mentored approach which is the mastermind, which maybe some people aren't at that level and that's totally fine as well. Right. Perfect. Well, people can check it out. And I know you actually have sort of a due diligence framework, like uh, opt-in freebie situation, right? So people can check that out. Uh, Is there any context that you want to, or anything you want us to know about that specific lead magnet? Yeah, man, this lead magnet has just gone off. It's I got a message from YouTube yesterday that somebody hasn't even joined my membership, and they're like, "Jared, you're a absolute lifesaver. Like your thing, your you know framework has helped me, you know, save so much money on risks and seeing bad deals with links and all the other things that are involved with the business. So it's gotten a great rap between." Uh, brokers and and people in the industry. Um, <laughs> what's, what's one of the one of the posts in the group was somebody who's like, um, I I rocked up to one of the calls and had all these questions and the broker was like, Wow, you know what you're talking about here, <laughs> like, and they gave him a, a, a good rap for it. So yeah, it's a free thing that you guys can get. Um, it's on my 
buyingonlinebusiness.com forward slash free resources. It's up there and there's some other fun stuff people can get to, free free tools. Uh, but yeah, that's a, it's, I just want to, I'm so grateful for people just adopting it, to be honest, because it, it, it's, it's been helping people for free and um, saving them a, a bunch of money and a bunch of heartache, I guess. Awesome. All right. Yeah. We'll link up all the stuff. And uh, Jared, this has been awesome. Always good to catch up. So thanks a lot, man. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was absolutely awesome to talk about all of this. Thanks a lot to Jared Krause for joining me today. You can check out his stuff over at Buying Online Businesses. And he does have that community and the, I think, some course stuff. Actually, I'm not 100% sure what all is on the inside there. But people seem to really like it. And you could check it out. And he can help you in a few different areas. I'm looking at his website right now. And there's a couple options, like if you need help with online business due diligence, and he has a, a pretty sweet, I guess, like a checklist and way to go through that. He can also help you if you want to buy an online business or if you already own an online business and need help scaling it, Jared could give you a hand. And I mean, you heard sort of some of the results that he's able to get for some of his students and people that he works with. So I think I'll, uh, I'm not going to ramble on too much today. I'll let you get back to it and I'm going to get back to it as well. It is, well, like you can imagine, it's almost beer 30 here, which could be nearly any time of day, to be honest with you. So thanks a lot. Catch you on the next episode.